Welcome to Devon Dragon Radio. I'm your host, Melissa Vustrock, or ML for short. I'm here with special guest, Patricia Heights. Welcome. Thank you. I'm so happy to be here. Now, you're into motivational speaking and uplifting people, but what led you onto that journey? Well, in 2002, I was diagnosed with kidney cancer. Uh, so, and that really came out of the blue because I had no symptoms and uh, it was just really very random and um, it was life-threatening. So that was a huge wake-up call. Um, I started uh, reading every mind, body, wellness book that I could uh, get my hands on or audit audio recording um, back then. It was, um, I, I went for a walk every day with my CD, my little Walkman, my CD mm -hmm. player, um, and listened to you know, Deepak Chopra, Wayne Dyer, uh, Louise Hay, I mean, the list goes on, just anything and everything. I could get to understand how you create disease in your body based on um, you know, what you believe about yourself and the negative energy that we store in our body. So I just, I went on, I mean, from 2002, I, I published my book in 2018, Daydreams Come True, based on what I learned on how to turn your life around so that it is um, supporting your beliefs instead of sabotaging your beliefs, um, that change that help you reset your beliefs about yourself based on false information that we've been carrying with us since childhood. Um, I kind of cracked that code. I went through and uh, looked at all the things that I believed about myself. I thought if I could create a disease in my life based on my self-loathing and my um, not loving myself, what could I do if I did love myself? Like what could what kind of a life could I create from there? And so I was just really fascinated with what I was learning and I had to learn more. So I did, I did learn everything um, that I could possibly learn about creating um, disease in your body and how not to create that and how to heal yourself based on what you believe about yourself. So um, that's what started it was that diagnosis with kidney cancer. Well, where are you, are you now with your health journey? Let's go. So um, that's the most miraculous thing about all of this is when I was first diagnosed, uh, I was told that you never can not be vigilant from this moment on because when you have kidney cancer, everything travels through your kidney. Mm -hmm. And so the cancer cells that um, have traveled through there and that are dormant in your body someplace can be triggered. And so for the rest of your life, I would have to come back for checkups and be vigilant about that. Um, but then in um, 2018, um, I think it was 2018, uh, when I went for my annual checkup, my doctor said to me, well, I think after all these years, we can use the word cure, which I was like, what? Because I remember when I went for my five-year checkup and I said to him, oh, wow, five years, I think I'm safe now. And he said, no, not with kidney cancer because you never know where those cells have traveled. And so we have to stay vigilant for the rest of your life. So for him to use the word cure was, mm -hmm. I was Amazing. like, I said, I said, how you told me when I was five years in that, that that wasn't possible. And he said, well, you know, enough. Um, and we know more about the disease than we did back then. And I can, um, I feel very comfortable saying after um, 17 years that with no reoccurrence, that we're pretty safe to use the word cure. So for me, that was um, a confirmation that I had changed my beliefs. I had changed uh, who I thought I was in the world uh, and 
how I did relationships and how I did the world, I had changed that. My life was happier. My life is happier. I'm a completely different person than I was back in 2002. And I, I look at the world completely differently. I feel completely differently about myself and about my relationships and about how I do the world. So um, my life is wonderful and my health is, you know, 100%. You have no idea how many people I talk to that have gone through life-changing events. These are mostly medical events and they view the world completely differently afterwards than they did before. Why? Because we have to find that inner peace. Once you find the inner peace, then you're happier. Then your body can actually heal itself. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. You can have energy. Mm -hmm. How much of our lives is spent hating our bodies, hating ourselves because of things we are taught by the outside world that mm -hmm. we take in as truth oh, I'm beautiful, or I'm ugly, I'm stupid, I'm, put a negative then there. You start believing it, and then you look that way, you feel that way. Your body creates this negative stuff inside mm -hmm. of you, and it comes out as toxic. It's blackheads, they're the pimples, stress. Those are your warning signs. Mm -hmm. I didn't listen to the warning signs as a child. I listened to the warning signs now. Mm -hmm. absolutely you have to pay attention if you take a good look it's not just what's going on in your body but it's mm -hmm. what's going on everywhere around you you create that energy based on what you believe about yourself in the world mm -hmm. and that energy is um within you but it also projects uh, around you so you attract toxic situations you attract toxic people you attract toxic jobs i mean whatever you believe about yourself within create your world. So mm -hmm. I say to everyone, look around, just think of what your life is right now. Are you happy with your life? What are you not happy with? That is based on everything that's going on in your life, your relationships, your health or non-health, um, your situations, your job, everything is reflected in what you believe about yourself. So it is if you're not happy about what your life is about. It's because of what you believe. I, I say this all the time. If you're sitting at home on the couch with your potato chips, I hate life. I hate my job. I hate my relationship. And all you're doing is sitting there complaining and eating your potato chips. Nothing around you is going to change. Nope. When you get up and start changing one thing about yourself, look in the mirror and say, I love this. What do you love? Do you and it has to be a personal thing. It has to be a belief. It has to be something connected to your soul before you can start projecting outward. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yep. And we see how many of my friends that I had growing up, I have disconnected to because they're toxic. Mm -hmm. They don't want to change. They want to complain. Mm -hmm. They want people to change things for them, but they can't change themselves. Mm -hmm. Absolutely, because they're afraid. I mean, each one of us has the opportunity to make those changes if we want to take a deep dive inside. But most people are afraid of what they're going to think. So they're, they're very afraid to do that. But that's where freedom lies. That's where each one of us has our best life waiting for us. Mm -hmm. You have to be happy with oneself before you can love others. Mm -hmm. 
And you know, I've had when I've said things like that to people, and they're like, "Oh, that's crazy." You know, are you trying to tell me just because I don't love myself, I don't love my husband? No, I, that doesn't. That's not what it means at all. But I've mm -hmm. learned is what it means is that if you don't love yourself, love comes from the sharing of that love energy. So if you don't have that love energy for you, you can't share that with the person that you are, your significant other or your children or whatever. You can only love them from what they contribute to you, but that's all conditional. It's very conditional. And you can't really say you have unconditional love in your life unless you have unconditional love here. Because everything around you that you love and you feel loves you back is completely conditional and you expect it that way because everything about love has always been conditional based on what you believe about yourself. Mm -hmm. So once you change your belief system to one of self-love and all of a sudden you discover what I discovered was, wow, the sense of love that I now have for my husband is so different. It's so much more intense. It's so much more generous. It's so much more interactive. It's not conditional. It's just, you can't just, I, I can't really describe to someone else how your relationships upgrade to a completely different level when you learn to love you. So it's not that you can't love someone when you don't love yourself, mm -hmm. but you can't love to the um, level that is going to feed your soul because it comes from you. So if there's no feeding going on and sharing of love to the other, then it's all about what you can get. And that's always conditional and variable and random. And Right. We have so many great books out there that say this exact same thing. And when you talk to someone that hasn't read the books, they don't want to read the books. They go, you're crazy. No, you're not crazy. You're living at a different energy level than those around you. When you raise your elevation or level of your soul, of your thinking, you see the world differently. You see it as it should be, not as you make believe that it is. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yes. But all starts with the individual. How many things can you heal within your body? When you look at it, oh, I'm fat, okay, go with the body image of someone that's, you know, I'm fat. It doesn't matter if you're fat or not, but you think you are. Well, how do you change your body image? You have to love yourself enough to heal your body. Well, you can't, you have to love who you are and the gifts of who you are and um, embrace that and whatever is going on with your body will respond to that belief and so if you know i mean it like you said how do you change that body image you know people who are um anorexic you know they'll look in the mirror and they see a fat person and we see a person who looks like they have hardly any fat on their body whatsoever mm -hmm. but exactly. that's not how they see themselves that and that that's the most um uh, exaggerated um idea of what someone's belief system can look like but that's what every single one of us do we look in the mirror and we see something negative. That we, put, we put a label on based mm -hmm. on what we have created as a belief system about ourselves and until we go back 
as an adult and revisit what we believe about ourselves? And is that really true? Or is that my perception? Then we're always going to have those anchors holding us down. We're never going to be able to fulfill the, the authenticity, the gifts of who we are until we let go of that, until we heal that. Right. So go back, you- look at the beliefs, mm-hmm. figure out where it came from, realize it's not true, and then create a new belief to replace that. Right. I use the word fat because I have a niece who is a size zero. Okay. Mm-hmm. No one, <laughs> she's literally a size zero. And she told me she's fat. I'm like, what? Wow. That's insane. That, yeah. And I, I didn't say it that way to my niece, but at the same time in my head, I'm looking at her. There's no fat, but that's her perception. Mm-hmm. She tells me she's ugly. She's whatever. I'm like, honey, have you ever listened to any of my podcasts? (laughs) (laughs) Do you know what I do for a living? (laughs) Exactly. I'm like, do not tell me this, this, you have to change your belief system. You can't do it by yourself. You have to start changing those around you. You have to have the positive influences in your life to find the positive belief system. But at the same time, you have to find it within yourself mm-hmm. to heal. You have to heal your beliefs. For me, I just, um, I was of course very dependent on the people around me and mm-hmm. what they contributed to my life to give my belief, um, my perception of who I was value. Mm-hmm. Um, And it wasn't until I had this kidney cancer um, situation where I thought, you know, this is just between me and me, you know, this doesn't really what anybody else is thinking about me. This is my life. Do I want to, do I choose to stay here? Because I have small at the time, my children were small. I did not want to leave them. I didn't want my children to have their mother die on them when they were young. So I thought, you know, there must be something that I'm missing here. I mean, it was just my intuition that was telling me there's something else going on here that you need to figure out. And I think most people who have a life-threatening disease diagnosis Mm -hmm. go through this uh, question of, you know, what is my life about? Who am I? How do I fit in the world? Uh, If I'm going to stay in this world, how is that going to be different? You know, that, I mean, there's a million questions. It's it's all such a personal journey for each individual person. Mm -hmm. For me, my journey was there's something that I need to learn from this. And um, for me, uh, when I was home recuperating from, they took my right kidney because it had a football sized tumor on it. So that it had to be removed. And uh, when I was home recuperating, someone gave me the book, You Can Heal Your Life by Louise Hay, which was um, so life-changing for me. Um, I had never really studied the mind, body, wellness, and the connection between um, the energy that we, what we believe about ourselves and how we project that into the world, etc. And so when I read that book, it was, wow, I was like, this really, I see myself in this book. But when it got to the part where she asks the question in the book, why do you need to have this? Why do you need to have this disease in your life? I, it was like a lightning bolt for me because I wanted to know I kept saying to myself I need to know what I need to know about this disease like I need to know I wanted to know so I told my subconscious it was okay to know that information so when I read that question why do you need this in your life I knew I knew what I had done I knew it was like boom it just came to me like a lightning bolt I knew that I um, had such a self-loathing 
a belief system about myself to the point where when um, my husband told me that friends of the family had gone and they had to travel a distance, I'm sorry, they had to travel a distance to get to this, but they went to a shrine for Padre Pio and they, um, they had to travel a couple hours to get there and they went to the shrine and they said a prayer for me. And when my husband told me that, I cried and I said, I can't believe they did that. I don't deserve that. I actually said that. I don't deserve that when I was diagnosed with a life-threatening disease. So that was just an example of what I thought about myself. And so this whole journey of learning about how did I contribute to my own disease was just so life-changing for me to change my belief about uh, who I am and everything it changes everything everything, everything. In, your, in, your entire life changes in 2003 yeah. you in the world and what you believe and the energy you put out there so when you change that everything else changes too exactly in 2010 if you would came across me you would say I was a toxic person Mm -hmm. everything yeah. about me I hated where I lived I hated my spouse I was not happy in my job I was lo loving being around people but I wasn't happy in my job regardless mm -hmm. of what I was doing I wasn't happy with how my daughter was being raised but I wasn't doing anything to change it and then I got sick and then I spent a year in the hospital wow and there was times I was home, but most of 2011, I was in the hospital. And I had to have brain surgery. I had two strokes. I was 28 years old. Why did this happen to me at 28 years old? Why? I'm putting toxic into my body, not outside toxic, my thoughts. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And because I was telling myself, my body, that I'm toxic, even though I wasn't using that word, it's get, putting all that toxic in the body. Mm -hmm. And it was deteriorating my body. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. It took years for me to understand this. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, when I'm home out of surgery, I don't want to be toxic. I want my daughter to have a mommy that she can be proud of. Mm -hmm. That was my why. Once I found my why, now we start changing. Now we start learning how to not be toxic. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Because you, you find out what you didn't realize before. Mm -hmm. Find out what you believe about yourself that you really were not aware of before. And that's all you need. Once you find out, you can't go back once you find out and you know what you need to do then i mean that's the miracle that's where you can change everything exactly it quite amazing it, it actually took me using my radio show and connecting with mentors that were in your field and learning to be able to heal my body mm -hmm. it wasn't it was very thankful that i have this radio show that was very timid that in 2016, those, it, those podcasts, and if anyone listens, they're very hard to listen to. <laughs> <laughs> but at the same time, I was learning how to heal, how to talk to people, how to attract the positive. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 
-hmm. And that's the same thing you did and it healed your body. It mm -hmm. cured you. Mm -hmm. It healed my body, but it also healed um, my soul. Mm -hmm. It healed my mind. It, it healed everything. Like um, once you change what's going on here, then it just, everything changes outward, inward, everything. It's all, it starts there. Exactly. You have to start with yourself. It has to start with the way you think. When mm -hmm. you change the way you think, now you can change anything. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But sometimes what, what you have to do, I think the hardest part is to question. We live in a, a culture that is just so divided mm -hmm. between what people believe, right? So, you know, everybody is so hardcore about what they believe. There doesn't seem to be a lot of flexibility. Mm -hmm. And this would be a really, really good time for our culture, for each one of us to do an individual check-in to say, mm -hmm. does this belief really serve me? Okay, so if, if every time I say I believe X, Y, Z, and all I get is toxicity back, all I get is negative, negative situations, negative people, whatever, then why do I keep saying and believing this toxic thing that I keep putting out there that brings me back nothing but difficulties, challenges, like, isn't it time for me to say, why do I believe that? Is that really true? Is it true what I believe? And that's when you start asking, is this, like I tell people that I coach, um, the next time that you get into a, a discussion or an argument with someone and you're very passionate about what you believe and that person is very passionate about what you believe, you have to stop and say to yourself, why is that so passionate to me? There's something underneath that that gives you that energy that you just are putting all of your all into. There's something behind that. It could be um, most of the time when it's that passionate, it's fear, mm -hmm. fear of whatever it is that you're passionate about, that if that happens, oh my God, the end of the world will come. I always tell a story when I do my um, workshops and even my individual one-on-ones, um, the story about the power of belief. So um, there's a story about two little boys who live next door to each other. Bobby lived in the house that had the red door and Danny lived next door. And Danny would always go over to Bobby's house with the red door because Bobby had better toys and a better playroom and everything was just better at Bobby's. Mm -hmm. Every day he would knock on the red door and the mom would open the door and he would come in and he would play. And so this one day Danny came over and he knocked on the door, the red door, and the mom had been getting ready for a costume party for Halloween and she had a scary monster outfit on. And when she opened, she forgot to take the mask off. So when she opened the door, Danny was there and all he saw was this scary monster. And of course he ran away. And, you know, of course she went, took the mask off. She went after him. She went home and explained to the mom what happened and explained to him it's just a costume, blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. But in that moment in Danny's mind, he had that fear. Okay, so the fight or flight kicked in. And whenever your emotions are triggered, you will always remember that. It, and your, your subconscious will remember it as something good or something bad to be feared. So for him, that was something bad to be feared. But his association with that event was the red door. Because when the red door opened is when the scary thing presented itself. So for him, this was a little boy that went from 
um, having no problems with the color red to all of a sudden not wanting to play with any toys that were red. He didn't want to wear any shirts that had red on them. He just, he didn't know why he was a little boy. He didn't know, he couldn't sort through the reason why he was afraid of red. Mm -hmm. And, you know, nobody thought to ask about that. So he grew up to be an adult who didn't like the color red. Okay, he had an opportunity to like buy this car from a cousin who was going to give it to him for next to nothing. It was a beautiful red sports car. And he was like, no, I just, it doesn't feel right. That, there's something about that car that I just don't like. I can't put my finger on it. I just don't like it. Then him and his wife went shopping for a house and they came upon this house that had a red door and it was the perfect price in the perfect neighborhood. And um, it was everything that they wanted it to be. And the wife was like, oh, let's put an offer in on this. This is, this is the perfect house for us. And he kept saying, I don't understand what it is, but I don't like this house. There's something about it. I just can't put my finger on it. I just don't like it. And if he had gone back and explored his why don't I like the color red belief, he would have realized that he formed that belief during a very benign incident. It wasn't it wasn't a traumatic event, but it became a traumatic event for him because of the fear that popped up when the red door opened. So all of us, every single one of us have a red door. We do. And we all have something we fear. We all have a red, red door. Mm -hmm. And until we decide that we want to explore why are we afraid of that red door, we're always going to have that fear with us that's going to drive our behavior that's going to drive what we believe about ourselves and our world and it won't get resolved until you go back and figure it out exactly and again it starts with you mm -hmm. and your mind it mm -hmm. has to start from within you have to analyze everything you believe mm -hmm. before you can find the truth and the truth is always within you it's your truth, your perception, the way you see things. Exactly. But we are almost out of time. So where can our listeners and our viewers work with you as a coach and find your book? Uh, you can go to my website, which is patriciaheights.com. And everything is on there about um, workshops, classes. You can purchase my book from there. The book, I always like to just give people a heads up that the book is a workbook. It's not... Um, a um, nonfiction like reading about my story. There's a little about my story, but mostly it's about your story, the reader. It forces you to answer questions that you need to ask yourself to get to the bottom of what your belief system is. Mm -hmm. And so it's a six chapter book and every chapter gets you a little bit um, farther into it, but um, it's a workbook. So don't expect to sit back and read this great story about me. <laughs> it's um, it's really about you. It's about you, the reader. And I always um, caution people to um, be brave. The first couple of chapters is kind of fun. It's like, oh, what do I want my life to be? Yay. Let's write that down. Let's, you know, uh, in visualizing what I want my life to be is really fun. But then when we get to the part that says, okay, well, what's stopping you? What's the sabotage that you don't already have that? That's when the hard work comes in that you have to actually look at what you believe and say, is that really true? Um, and that usually happens around the third chapter. So the third chapter is usually a little bit of a hump, but once you get there and you realize and you have your aha moments, like 
your life will never be the same again. Exactly. Once you find out why you're sabotaging yourself, mm -hmm. it's not the outside world sabotaging you. You're sabotaging yourself. Absolutely. Now you can move forward. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. So, so go to my website, patriciaheights.com and get all the information you need. Awesome. And thank you so much for being on the show today. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. And for all of our viewers and our listeners, happy healing.